Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown! It's October the 4th, in the year of our Lord, 2001. Sir, Oddworld, Abe's Odyssey, Gold Edition, featuring Ace Trainer Liam and Kid Icarus. Can't even know. They're both in it. Can't get you out of my head. Is Kid Icarus in it, Oddworld? No. Kid Icarus is a Nintendo character. No, 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 not, not Kid Icarus. Kid Icarus. Oh. The YouTuber. I'm sure he's in Oddworld. Some people do that. As well as Ace Trainer Liam on YouTube. There's the, the thing where like they go, no, no, not that person with the name, the new, more popular person who we've not <laughs> updated you as the person who we associate with this. Like, there's a comedian called Godfrey, like G-O-T-T-F-R-E-Y. Godfrey, yeah. Yeah, but I hear that and I think Gilbert. You think Gilbert? You think Barry the Shark? Even though he's dead, I still think he's performing somewhere. <laughs> No, not Kid Icarus. Kid Icarus. Oh, all right, Tom, thanks. Thanks for sorting that out. Uh, it's the one song in the UK is Kylie Minogue. Can't get you on my head. I uh, probably pitching this song to Kyle. It's Kyle. Kyle Kylie. Minogue. Davis and Dennis unsuccessfully offered it to S Club 7 and Sophie Ellis-Bexter, who both declined it. Ooh. thing is, I could hear, I can't hear, I can't hear S Club 7 singing it, but I could hear, I could hear Sophie Ellis-Bexter singing it. Yeah. I think, it's a, I think, it's, I think it's, a, it's a banger from Kylie. I think comeback number 402. Up to yeah. Kylie Minogue. Nice, she's like Ric Flair. Yeah, she really is. Speaking of crazy returns, like Ric Flair, uh, Dido No Angel returns uh, the number one slot. Yeah. The album's thanks to the success of Hunter, the third single. Oh, I don't remember Hunter. I remember me the album neither. No Angel, but I don't remember uh, Me neither, but she's apparently hunting uh, weaker sig- singles. <laughs> weaker signal, well done, idiot. <laughs> You can type it, but you can't see it. <laughs> AI is still number one at the box office, and it's still crap. Uh, September 29th, Bernard Hopkins defeated Felix Trinidad. Felix Trinidad. By a technical <laughs> knockout in 12. <laughs> Just want to do that, to be honest Spoiler, with you. later on today, I was going to sing... My Kyoto... But you've topped that by going Felix Trinidad. I can't be the only person who's done that, right? No. Anyway, uh, Twiggy Lawson is axed from this morning. <laughs> the twig was cut. Uh, because of falling ratings. 
RTV <laughs> confirms on 2nd of October that she will not be seen on screen again. <laughs> Bloody hell, Harry. Until, until um, Everyman Cinema opens up and they have her front. Their series of adverts for the app. Hey, I love films, me. I, I love Twiggy. What's brown and sticky? A twiggy. <laughs> no, a stick. A twiggy from up of the past. Hey, films. Films. <laughs> films are good. <laughs> twiggy, like me lungs. Uh, twiggy was a, a, a model and an it girl from the 90s in London. The 90s? From off of the night, maybe the 80s? I think like 60s. Oh, yeah, that shut me up. Yeah, not the 90s. Ni- I mean, she's been around forever. 60s, ever, ever. I would say, not 90s. I'm old. 90s feels like a... <laughs> no, 60s. 60s. Swinging 60s. She was swinging... Yeah, she was swinging 60s do in think, London. Do you think if you had a sister or maybe a twin, they could call themselves Twix? <laughs> Actors Union Equity denies reports the Daily Star that its members have refused to work with the members... Sorry, the winners, I should say, of ITV1 ITV Soap Stars. Oh, no, bless them. No, we'll let them. Um, it doesn't say here, but it is heard. <laughs> the cack, they won't last long anyway. <laughs> so soap and they stars, were right. Soap Stars was a, like a reality show competition to find a new, well, soap star. Yeah. And I love that Equity went, we're not getting involved with that bullshit. No, they denied that they were going to Oh, so they said they, they are, they're fine with it. Yeah, because they're, they're not going to last anyway, and they didn't. <laughs> let them let them embarrass themselves. It Here, was the tough enough of rope. soap operas. Yeah, right. The tough enough of soap operas. Hi, I'm your new neighbour, Dropkick Maven. <laughs> I'm your new neighbour. All right, I'm, new, I'm the new on the, on, on, uh, the cobbles here at Corrie. Choked out by Taz. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. Uh, um, what do you, uh, I'm a professional wrestler by trade. What do you guys do? Well, my husband's an undertaker. <laughs> oh, no. Hilarity ensues. Also, Twiggy is next door. <laughs> Plummeting she's, ratings. She's a film critic. She gives everything five stars. <laughs> I'm every man. Ico, that game that everyone tells their mates to play is out. No, I haven't played it, but you should. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm waiting for the uh, enhanced version, Ica Pro. <sighs> that was all right, actually. That was yeah. all right. No, don't do that. Last time, don't don't do the run around. Yeah. Don't do the run around. Last time we came into the meeting after the podcast, and Fraser immediately after 0.3 seconds went, "Who's moved the lights?" <laughs> Ah, oh no, Tom took them out on his <laughs> just took them out on his home run. I'm like Braun Strowman doing his big train slam. <laughs> All right, well, that was what was happening <laughs> in the wonderful <laughs> world of reality. Well, what a what a what a what is little yeah. man with wings from Star Wars Episode Two? <laughs> I love that segue. The answers to those questions, all the ones that you didn't ask, can only be found right here. The Colette Classic Smackdown Review. You're listening to Dozen Tones of myself, Matt Fu, and Mr. Tom himself. Bonjello! Good night. Oh, mate, I'm all good. I lost my keys this week. Did you I... lost your keys? <laughs> yeah, is this even the beginning? I, I wish this was the beginning of a hilarious gag. I've lost my work keys. So it's frustrating because, you know, I'm getting in and out of my own home, but when it comes, I like to be in work early, getting on with stuff. I've been able to do it this week. I had to kind of wait at home till the office opens and then come in like a, like a normal boy. I've been doing that in Hitman, Stealth <laughs> Assassin. It says, oh, you need a key to get in here, mate. And you're like, oh, oh, I could just wait and walk behind someone as they walk through the door where they have got the key. <laughs> and they don't see you ever. 
That's Hitman, the stealthiest assassin, the secret agency that kills people and no one does it better. Opens up, club, 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 club. <laughs> well well done, Agent 47. Well, I'm going to try that with, with, with Aidan Gibbons next, next, time, next morning. <laughs> yeah, doing real life. Try it with Aidan Gibbons on Monday. Just get to sneak in. Just stand right next to the door. Look right at them. Like, hello, Tom. Don't say it then. <laughs> All right. Comes the door, go behind him. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry so you weren't able to work your 25 hours that you usually do a day. It's my own fault because you got to keep home keys and work keys separated. And I just made the decision to, to put my work keys in my bag as well. And at some point during an evening at North Wrestling, I've taken my work keys out of my bag for something and I've put them on the side. I don't know where they're gone. That's annoying, isn't it? That's annoying when that happens. Bless you. I know. I know, right? I'm very annoyed by that. But it is what it is. Um, we carry on. Well, that's been the most exciting part of my week. I lost my keys. So I can't get into the office and do my normal stupid amount of hours that I pride myself on doing. You too. I do. Uh, on the plus side, um, I have been enjoying the... I've, I've enjoyed a wet February. I had dry January where I didn't drink. I've enjoyed a wet February. And I've been going to pubs I've not been to before around Newcastle. Because honestly, Newcastle is... Uh, is rife for fabulous pubs. Really, and we kind of get stuck into the old routine of going to the same old two or three we pubs. We do. So I'm finding lots of nice little real ale pubs to mm. amuse myself as Just, well. I agree. There's loads of little places like uh, little buildings. Yes, there is. So by the time you're hearing this, it's been a couple of weeks. But thank you so much for coming out for Coltaholic Live when you did. It was a really lovely, really, really lovely day. You fucking. On the highest of form. Oh, thank you. Oh, my God. Like, MVP, Matthew Vontavious Porter over there. Uh, just, oh. just throughout, just like, if you haven't watched it yet, I believe by now it's on our YouTube channel as well. The Patreon, uh, Patreon's got it early. It should be on the YouTube channel by now. Uh, watch along of Raw Rumble 1995 that, that bordered on the offensive <laughs> at points, um, which is a lovely way of introducing a wider world to the Absolute rubbish that we spit here on the classic SmackDown review. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. I, I, I'm glad how it um, I was very happy how it turned out because when you do it in front of a live audience, you get a reaction of instant reaction of like, did this joke work? Oh, that one worked. Mm. Oh, that one worked. That one didn't. Okay, fine. That's the limit, is it? Okay, great. Yeah. It's also funny as well because it was Rumble 95. So it's like you're obviously just getting one liners in. And then again, and then there's Sam going, yeah, it's really good, this Rumble. I mean, as good as Yellow. I mean, I remember when Yellow was invented. Like, no, no, Sam, uh, there's no, sorry, sorry, a complete jobber. <laughs> a complete shit ass is in at number 10 or whatever so sorry about that we have, have to cut in, you off have to interrupt you there Sam but there's, this is happening here what I liked is at the end like <laughs> I love the end of this you might be you might have picked it up on the video so Adam had this sort of finale planned he was going to come on and thank you all but obviously there hadn't been a discussion on how to go between bits of the show yeah. there hadn't been that conversation I just kind of know because I'm because I've done shit like this so much and I just kind of know when to go thanks very much and you know the, the rule of things but bless you Math as we're all stood in like the, the walkway ready to come on for like a finale you're wrapping up Thanks, everybody, for coming. It's been great to see you. Know you. Thanks to John. You know Thanks to Caravan. Thanks to everyone at Little Buildings. Good night, everyone. Get and, I was, and I had to shout, because nobody was... I said, uh, we've not finished uh, yet! Uh, oh, let me go get You know what it was? Because <laughs> they did the wrap it up. They did the wrap it up. So I went, 
Oh, I thought that meant for everything. No, no, wrap up your <laughs> segment. Wrap up, but, like, but you didn't know that. Because like, they're all waiting there, like, we're waiting to go. Like, hurry up, <laughs> the bus is outside. <laughs> like, so I was just like, oh, all right, uh, thank you very much. You know, and no. it's like, no. But then it's all right, they got me back. I say day. <laughs> so, like, we come on and did the bit. No spoilers. But then Jack whispered to me, yeah, and I swear he said, like, don't worry, I'll be coming back. I went, all right, so I sat on the bench, see, everyone else left, and I was like, <laughs> That's why you were sat there in the Little bastard. <laughs> so I'm like looking at them, looking at me, I'm going, oh, you got it. Got, yeah, I thought you were doing a one-man show. Wow. So look, all right, all right, clever bastard, do something. I'm I, like, oh. I look, I thought you were having such a lovely time. You didn't want to come I up I mean, I was, time. but then I'm like, oh, you little. Oh, my gosh. It was brilliant. Thank you for coming along to join us at Little Buildings in, in Oosburn in Newcastle for Cultaholic Live. A big thank you to Little Buildings for letting us invade your wonderful space. Oh, my God, mm. mate. We've got to do shows there. Yeah. You and I, yeah, yeah. I don't know what... I mean, obviously, the live podcast is off. Maybe we could just... I think we rent it out and just fucking... Just talk shit for three hours. Yeah. Just me and you sit on stage and come watch us talk shit. I love the venue yeah. so much. It's so... It's, it's just a, a really nice size. It's a really lovely vibe. Do I want to do? Yeah, Def, I want to get back on there again. Oh, yeah. Def, I want to get back on there again. It was great fun. Thanks to Lana Austin for being a brilliant sport on the first ever oh, live Desert sweet. Island Graps as well. Love doing that live. Yeah, that's a nice. We've never done Desert Island Graps live before, mm. so that was a nice little thing to true behind the curtain how the sausage is made. Um, in my end of year appraisal <laughs> with Adam Pajiti, because believe it or not, we're a proper functioning company and we have such things as end of year appraisals and contract meetings and stuff. So in my end of year appraisal, one of the things I said to Adam is I would like to do uh, some of the podcast stuff in front of an audience. That'd be something I'd like to try. And lo and behold, you know, serving several masters, he, mm. you know, I got the chance to do that. And I got the chance to, to show off interview skills live, which I was quite proud of. And, uh, and Lana was great, bless her. So Lana Austin, the Progress Women's Champion, turned up mm -hmm. uh, to do Desert Island Graps. And it was there where we realized some communication had broken down and she sat down uh, at the bar area and, she, and she, I said, oh, can I get you a drink? Yeah, can I, get a, can I get a Coke, please? Went to the bar and she went, are we doing it in here or are we doing it in front of that crowd? I said, we'll be doing it in front of that crowd in a bit. I didn't know there was a crowd. Make it, oh. can you make it a Bayless? <laughs> You make it a, was it Bayless you had? Or, I think it might have been a Bayless. Can you make it a Bayless instead? Oh. <laughs> of course I can. I had the Bucky Bastard. Because we're talking about how they'd went viral a few years ago because <laughs> of the Bucky Bastard. And I went, what's, who's the Bucky Bastard? It was, no, 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 no. It's not gimmick. It was gimmick. Um, you know Jaeger bombs? Like, yeah. Jaeger with some Red Bull. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know how they become popular because they don't go well together at all. Yeah, those. It's like that. But instead of Red Bull, it's Bucky. So I was like, it's Jaeger oh, and Bucky. Oh, Bucky. He goes, that yeah, I'll probably call it the Bucky Pasta as well. Yeah, I'll have one of them. <laughs> and I had it, and they're looking at me like, ooh. And I had it go, that's not that bad, actually. He goes, okay, yeah. They're waiting for the effects to kick in. He goes, yeah, yeah, Now have three more. No, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, you're all right, so. When you said, the way you said Bucky Bastard is Bucky Bastard, I thought it was some bloke that worked at, at fucking Ladbrokes who put dodgy bets on. <laughs> he said Bookie Bastard. That's a mascot. Yeah. They don't call you it's Harry like, the like, Bastard for nothing, do they? You know, like, they call me Ted. But the old Pacini said, like, oh, uh, they, 
You said Spud Gun was there? No, it was he with Dave Hedgehog because yeah, he's a massive bottom fan. I went, oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> I got for that, you know. Oh god. It was such a fun time. It was a few weeks uh, you might have like Oh, John Eiley was there as well. So the, the John Eiley was there. John Eiley. Was, was, his, his contribution was, hey, that thing I did. I was like, hello, John. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've earned it. <laughs> God love it. John Eiley, who... <laughs> and I must admit, Adam said, did you upset John earlier? I said, no, I didn't. Because... Uh, <laughs> Oh, no, John I because Dick Murdoch came on during the Rumble. Oh, yeah, he and did. you went, oh, he looks like Rodney Dangerfield. Says, John Eiley in. Where is he? He's there. John, do as your Rodney Dangerfield. He does a great job. And he went, oh, no respect. And everyone went, way, clap, clap, clap. And then he went, hey, I'll tell you what. I said, all right, John, you've done your bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's still working his timing. <laughs> all right, John. Sorry, John. God it's, love it's, you. It's a really God quick rumble you. this It's a really quick rumble this year. He's already dead. <laughs> on the way to the ring. Uh, but it was nice. Hey, so you got to meet John Eiley, the great John Eiley. Thank you, John. Lucky, lucky. We few. We lucky few. We lucky happy few. Hey, if you love Carl's oh. Live, hey, chat about it because we'll do another one if you like. I felt guilty because I had such a good time doing it. Oh, people enjoyed it as much as I, I did just talking. I, I get told that as a broadcaster, I'm very self-indulgent. <laughs> um, I have to really work very hard to rein that part of me <laughs> Yes. There's two people in my life. I, was I saying to Alex? Am I even saying to you? There's two people in my life that I get really silly with to the point where I kind of lose where I am. And it's with you, Matthew Gregg, and my mate Jojo, who is the who is the woman of honor at my wedding. Your your groomsman and Jojo is the woman of honor because we used to do a breakfast show together on Hearts. We were like the cover breakfast show team. And it was like, for the producers of that show, it was like raining in wild horses. Because we'd get together and we'd just be silly. Yeah. And we'd have to go, right, we've got to really fight hard. Like, like if we're going, like, we have to get, like, we give, if we, uh, us at 100% is just noise. This, this, I think, is the closest to something that gives 100%. Like, in order, I, was like, I said, so how much do you want me and Jojo to give on breakfast to my boss? He said, knowing your levels, about 10. <laughs> You only need ten percent, and that would be sufficient. Because if you give it hundred percent, you're just gonna be. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I, I hear that. So the the biggest challenge I had working with Jojo was like having to really fight back and pair everything back to the point where you feel like I'm not really doing anything. But everybody goes, really enjoyed that show today. Yeah, didn't do anything. But if you enjoyed it, happy days. Whereas it's here, like I'm very aware that sometimes the stuff that we do just sounds like noise to people. But we'll keep doing it until we're told not to anymore. Yeah, that, 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 that's my way of doing things, Tom, and bless you. <laughs> uh, you do something until somebody says something, and we're both each other's hackety dog. So. <laughs> that's great. That is great. Uh, hackety dog. We're just innocent So men. come on, cockers. Why don't you set the scene and let us know what was in the news All right, in 2001. So we're October 4, 2001 this week, so this is the first time you've listened. That's the introduction. Welcome in. It's now Wednesday. Um, <laughs> we, uh, in a minute, Matthew Greg is going to talk us through this week's episode of SmackDown. Uh, but I'm going to give you a little, a little painting, a little tapestry of what's going on in the wrestling world in this particular week. Um, now, the Ross Report came out this week. Some interesting things from uh, the Ross Report. <laughs> you got to see. <laughs> uh, there's a, there's a few people who are. Um, getting better, who, are, who haven't been on the scene for a bit and they're getting a little bit better, uh, including one of our favourites here, Sean Stasiak, got evaluated by a radiologist. He had a hernia, uh, won't require surgery. Uh, it may have even been a bad groin pull at the same time. Uh, he, should be out, he should be back in about eight weeks' time. 
So, oh. but, so basically, he's turning up just at the tail end of the Alliance storyline. See you in good timing. And it's really sad because like some of his best work in WWE, we won't get to talk about because he does it all on Monday Night Raw. The Planet Stasiak thing uh, uh, exclusively gravitates on a Monday. So we don't get a chance to really see it. I enjoyed his work. I'm sorry he tore his groin. Uh, It's easy to do though. I do hear that recording equipment is heavy. (laughs) Fucking. (laughs) Carrying a Marantz around with him everywhere. He'd be fine now. You just have it on your iPhone. Uh, Rikishi's on a weight loss program, according to Jim Ross, before his return. Uh, he's now weighing about 350. Now, obviously, Rikishi is, you know, family ties to Yokozuna, who went through a similar thing where they put him on a weight loss program. Um, hoping that Rikishi responds to it better than Yokozuna did, in which he was at the weight, he was at the weight loss center and would just sneak out for chicken with Vader on it. Yeah. And uh, Connor Bruce Pritchard, um, he would like kayfabe him the numbers. Obviously, he was sneaking out for food and whatever. Oh, God, But yeah. then he forgot. He didn't write down the numbers. So Bruce like, hey, hang on. You, you're down. What? what? <laughs> you're up this. Hang on. So two minutes Turkish. <laughs> Jerry Lynn's uh, back in a couple of months. Jerry Lynn. But he no, he isn't. But that's there, exactly. He's due back in two months. Whether or not he'll be here in two months is a different one. Oh, uh, Billy Kidman uh, is apparently... He, Billy Kidman did suffer an injury a little a few weeks ago. He's been sent to OVW to get the rust out. He should be back on telly soon after. This isn't that's like true. a burial of Billy Kidman. They do quite like Billy Kidman. Um, but I think they want him to be a bit more WWE-centric. Yeah. So you'll see like a, a slightly more WWE-esque Billy Kidman. You'll have a good run in O2. Yeah. The, a, the, a better run in O2. Yeah. When they bring back the Cruiserweight division and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Trish Stratus should be cleared to wrestle next week. Ooh. We haven't seen Trish uh, in, a, in a capacity in some time due to injury. Uh, what we don't know at this point is that Trish Stratus is actually going to be a really crucial part of the return of the Women's Championship. She is. So we are, we're just on the, on the periphery of that at the moment. And now two names are being added to this coming weekend's house shows, which I think are very important to mention. Uh, Randy Orton will be working the uh, the house show on Sunday in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, now he'll be doing dark matches on Raw and SmackDown those weeks as well. A lot of a uh, lot of love for Randy Orton, a third generation star who uh, has a lot of high hopes in the wrestling. Second generation. No, third generation. He's definitely third generation. Yeah, yeah Carboy yeah. Bob's dad was a wrestler. Right, there we go. There we go. So, yeah, third generation star, which uh, who I, they believe might be a, a future player. And we will get to watch him grow because mm. he'll spend a lot of those formative television years on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to watch him do his thing. Um, there's also a lot of love for Russ McCullough still, even though the last few times we've talked about him, he has been shit. But here's the thing, as Dave Meltzer says, I don't know, this is figure four, actually. Figure four say... Um, it seems when you're almost seven feet tall, you get a lot more chances, <laughs> despite never getting favorable reviews anywhere. Who won? Who was Russ? Russ McCullough. Yeah, he was. He never exactly. If you don't. Oh, know, oh, that's know. it. Right, right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So he just didn't really. Um, but, but he says apparently backstage people like him. He's got a good attitude. He's got a good work ethic. But you know when you know when someone just isn't clicking, despite the fact they they are on paper doing all the right things, they go, oh, this is we're not feeling it. Are you at that po- point in your Raw rants where you've heard the reports about <laughs> Brackus? Not yet, no. All right. A little preview then. Uh, allegedly, called Mr. Dave Meltzer, who never gets anything wrong, uh, Brackus's training wasn't going so well, despite being easy to get along with, like Big Russ there. Uh, Brackus did request or demand, one of the two, that uh, mattresses be put down for his bumping <laughs> because the ring was hard. Oh, diddums. So what, just like have matches whereby you, like we're having a bedtime match where every match is held yeah. inside a bed? 
And that was not the first indicator. This might not be working out. All right. Yeah, oh Christ! But they persevered with him regardless. People, people yeah. have been fired for less. Than It'd be that, not. It pinned him beyond the mattress. <laughs> hey, I see what we did there. I like the stories of those guys that WWF were clearly wanting to become a thing, but just didn't quite click all the way. Like your Russ McCullochs, like your Brackus. This is this is this is on the classic Raw review. Uh, the most recent classic Raw review, we talk about Alex the Pug Porto, right? And, uh, and that reaction is pretty much how the world reacts <laughs> to Alex the Pug Porto. But you know what? They really wanted him to be a thing because I watched an episode of Superstars in 1996 where he has his own entrance. He comes out to the Steiners theme. The fight oh, the music. One. Da, oh, da, 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 da. He comes out to that. He gets a little picture-in-picture picture promo. They're like, holy shit, you're really going to town on the pug. And then they went, oh, it's just not happening. I quite like the pug. I quite liked him. It's worse. Why'd they call him the pug? Was he inbred? <laughs> Fuck it. He's just got a really small face. <laughs> it dies young. Um, <laughs> yeah, trouble breathing. <laughs> a trouble breathing. Bless them. Pugs are adorable, but they are like heavily his, inbred. His, pro, his promo and promos him going. His <laughs> 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 eyes bulging it's, out of his skull. It takes him ages to get to the ring because he's got little legs. <laughs> he's tired when he gets there. That's a real pug. This is the exciting one, though, right? This weekend, uh, house shows in Winnipeg and uh, in the in Missouri. Brock Lesnar will make his WWF house show debut. Ooh. Uh, he's worked He's worked a couple of TV dial matches at this point, but they're going to put him on the house show loop, they say, they say, they say in, the, in the Ross report. We're hopeful that Lesnar can garner some media publicity uh, in the Twin Cities since he was NCAA champion at Minnesota. Uh, and uh, if they had their way, they'd like Jesse Ventura to come to the ring and be his manager. So there's what even the some suggestions that Jesse Ventura is going to come back and manage Brock <laughs> no, Lesnar. No, no, wait. It's if they have their own way, like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Isn't he a bit busy right now being, oh, I don't know, governor? Apparently not. <laughs> In, incidentally, I said Columbia, Missouri earlier. It was Columbia, Minnesota. Before you email me about that, I want to correct that. Minnesota. Minnesota. And obviously, Brock Lesnar has that pedigree from that neck of the woods. Uh, through the university. Yeah, and he sounds nothing like that, please. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it's me, yeah, uh, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Imagine this weird other version of the world where Jesse Ventura is Brock Lesnar's manager. That was a thing that WWF wanted to wanted to see happen. Right. Um, this week, sorry, sorry, this month rather, so at some point in the next couple of weeks, the WWF stars are, are going to be taping a special episode of The Weakest Link. Oh. Trish Stratus, William yep. Regal, Kurt yep. Angle, Booker yep. T. No, no. Yeah, we, 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 we. Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, The Big Show and Lita will be featured in the episode taped on the 24th of October and will air on the uh, 11, on the 12th of November at 8pm on NBC. Some great names there, bloody hell. Yeah. Um, this episode is infamous um, for a couple of things. Uh, hilarious shots of Kane behind the weakest link stand, oh. which I believe is featured in the title sequence of That's Gotta Be Kane, created yeah. by Colonel X. With, with his mask on and he, his little, you know, they ask people, like, how are you going to do at the start? Kane gets one of the best lines. He goes, if I don't know the answer, Nathan, I'm just going to say Ecuador. <laughs> it's a good shout. I don't know why that stuck with me. Uh, it's also known for Booker T, just being really crap at the weakest yeah. link. God bless him. One of them is... Uh, What's the uh, French expression that you repeat after a performance to say you want it again? And he goes, uh, wee oui, wee. Oui. Yeah. No, en encore. <laughs> Ecuador. 
Ding, ding. No, okay, no. I know it, Alex. What is Ecuador? It's not. It's Survey not. says. <laughs> uh -uh. It just goes through them all. Hello, Mr. Barrymore. Oh, uh, hi, um, top, middle, or bottom? Top, please. Uh, three, two, one. <laughs> Dusty Ben, what are you doing here? I can't think of any of the game shows. Me neither. <laughs> it's close, but it's not right. <laughs> On that bombshell, we handed it over to Matthew Gregg, who's going to talk us through this week's episode of The Magadon. Yes, he is. Last Monday, 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 Monday. Steve Monday. Austin sent Heyman a fax. He's telling everyone he's not scared to come back on the show. What? He put on the fax. Mm. <laughs> More faxes are sent during Raw uh, because Austin is watching Raw and he's complaining about JR's commentary and how JR is doubting Austin's honesty. Austin's fax demand, <laughs> demands Regal give him a title shot. And Regal responds by slapping Heyman. <laughs> by the way, Regal is covered in blood during this bit. I don't recall why, and it's not said in the show. I, I would imagine he was in a match with Rob Van Dam. <laughs> Just came up covered in blood. What happened? Don't ask. Oh, yeah. right. Van Dam match. Ah, fair, fair, fair. And I, I do love um, the idea of Steve Austin just sat watching Raw next to a fax machine, yep. scribbling stuff down frantically and putting it in. Takes a lot of effort to do that. It does. All right, Austin has sent work. a tweet. <laughs> Type, meh. I've had an email from our general manager. No, that's boring. Oh, Faxes, no, we do have please. Actually, no, no, okay. Faxes, please. Uh, when Heyman is slapped, he yells, ow, which sounds like, witty wee, witty, <laughs> wow. That's the theme song. <laughs> I'm Guru Larry. <laughs> oh, I've, oh, I've been watching Monday Night Raw. <laughs> and it's, it's filled with empty... Broken promises <laughs> like Peter now. I love that he is now canon in Cultaholic, having been on Desert Island. No, no reaction from the crowd whatsoever for Peter Molyneux. Like. <laughs> nah, big chat for Peter Molyneux, mate. Peter yeah. Molyneux. JR's commentary is very biased. The situation is not <laughs> black and white like the game by Peter Molyneux. <laughs> yeah, he said it! <laughs> Say the line! Peter Molyneux. <laughs> he said the bit. Wait, 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 wait. The bit's over. I'll get me coat. <laughs> da, 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 da. <sighs> We're at the mobile civic center, which I think means it can move around. <laughs> it must have little wheels. <laughs> That's a thing I typed. Tonight, it's a six-man tag match of The Rock and Duds. How original. Wait, this one involves Nick Patrick and... Who, Tom? Do your song. Oh, dun, 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 Mikey Oda. <laughs> Mikey Oda's in. They had a bit of a scuffle on Raw. Yes, more on that exciting feud. You know it's a good one when the ref's the main event. Oh. Also, tonight, a bikini contest. Because hippity hoppity. Mikey Oda. <laughs> Frick. <laughs> Women are property, Hibbity just like the referees. Women are property. But here's Shane O'Mac in the Alliance. Shane expositions everything that was just recapped. Hang on, lad, that's our job. Shane does not care about Regal's reluctance to give Austin a title shot. Austin has an instant rematch clause in his contract, so he's getting one anyway. 
<laughs> to which I asked them, why did you ask Regal in the first bloody place? Shane then says they're going to stay in the ring until Regal comes out. Regal makes <laughs> some weight. <laughs> Got him. Regal comes out. <laughs> so he said, I'm going to stay in the ring until you come out. All right, then. I've known for a while that I'm interested. <laughs> in- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gay and leaves. <laughs> All right. Uh, Regal emerges from the back eventually with Austin's contract and reveals that, why, yes, it does say he has an instant rematch clause. Willie says there's a slight problem. This contract doesn't mean anything because he left the bloody WWF to join the bloody WCW. So all those clauses and stipulations become null and void. So listen to me, you wretched toe rag. <laughs> you, have, you have nothing, no rematches, no clauses. You lose. Good day, sir. Could he not? Could they not have written a contract for Steve Austin that gives him infinite title shots? Then, yeah, the facts come to think. <laughs> I can do what I want. Sign Steve Austin. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, uh, Regal says, as far as this protest goes, I can either have the police move you or the WF locker room do it. Wow, it's like uh, 2023 Britain. Uh, <laughs> uh, I made myself sad. Shane panics <laughs> and suggests that Kurt should wrestle an alliance guy, and then if Kurt loses, Austin gets a shot on Raw. Sound good. Regal says, have you gone mad? <laughs> I think you've taken one too many shots to the head, sunshine. We all think that about Shane You've nowadays. taken one too many flying chair shots, yeah. you weirdo. Shane errs and adds, well, uh, if Angle wins, then Shane offers Kurt a match with WWE champion The Rock on Raw. He could be double champion. Back when this used to mean something, it wasn't an AEW mid-card accomplishment. Ooh, Matthew, who wrote that? <laughs> Regal says, hmm... Hummity, hummity, hummity. Let's ask Kurt. Shane says, why would he need to think? Why would you need to ask him? It's a great deal. And Kurt appears. Yeah. Crouch and USA, an evil foreign heel Shane. Go back to where you came from. (laughs) Kurt is grinning, remembering the beating he gave Shane on Raw. How's your ankle? Also, Austin is a horse's censored. I think the censoring made that worse. Yeah, yeah. You horses redacted. Whoa, whoa, what did he call him? Three horses in the shot in the in, in the crowd just clutch their pearls. There might be. There's mobile. They're the one driving the arena. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the arena walking down the street like it's in cupheads. <laughs> Robbing from side to side quite merrily. Immobile currently in Alabama. Oh, can see the next state coming. <laughs> Tom's dying. Oh. Kurt accepts Shane's deal and says, it's true. Looks at Regal. It's bloody damn true. Oh, he said bloody, and the crowd didn't respond yeah. at all. Oh, good. Those How to Talk British books are working on him. <laughs> what do you think of this opening bit? Oh, I thought it was quite funny. Uh, I like how there is a consistency with... The the autonom autonomic auton autonomy autonomic nature. Sorry, we're just defragging Tom right now. Error, error, error. The autonomy of the titles. Yeah. In the sense that it doesn't matter who has the belts, the belts are controlled by that particular party. Right. Which is why you'd have William Regal going, "You bloody buggers." Alliance buggers stealing the tag team titles, you'll defend them later. Yeah. Which is why Shane McMahon can go, all right, we're going to make The Rock defend his WCW title. Because whilst he's a WWF guy, the belt belongs to us. So we determine his bookings. I like the consistency of that. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was... I, I must admit, like, 
having not, re- I, you know, spoiler for what I've remembered, what I forgot, didn't remember that caveat whereby mm. if Angle won, we get a WWF title versus WCW title on Raw, match on Raw, which I would have way preferred. But I like, way preferred. Right, right, right. And I like the use of logic there, going, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, why would Kurt say yes to this? He's not dumb. It's like, yeah. actually treating the audience with some respect. Yeah, why would he say yes to this? And uh, he goes, well, he'll get the WCW title if he, you know, it's like, Ah, oh, oh, okay. And Angle's obviously up for that because he yeah. loves a bit of belt. So, yeah, you are right, though. Um, he who controls the titles controls the universe. Mm. Not like in June. <laughs> and the opening bit was brought to you by Clearasil, who can improve your spots. Uh, and we this they is. demonstrate this by showing Christian be called a bedwetter and live TV <laughs> by his brother Edge, followed by X Factor being up Edge before APA make the save. Clearasil, no bad spots, only good spots. <laughs> Except the spot that Christian's in right now. Exactly. Oh. Uh, and this segues into Christian teaming up with X Factor to take on Edge and APA in a hell of a mix of 2001 themes. Oh. Christian, yo, you're dealing with the sinister surge. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice that Tony Chimmel's announcing was redubbed? I did not notice that. I just, my my brain picks up, you might do as well, my head picks up when stuff like that happens, when you can tell someone's not in an arena saying that because their inflection's different, because they don't project the voice as much. You know, I hate it on the WWE games where you oh, where yeah, they, yeah. they talk they, they talk on the mic. You have Triple H talking on the mic in a, in a storyline bit, be talking like the guys next to him, when really you watch any promo and they just project. Yep. So Tony's projection was slightly off, which made me think, was this redubbed? So whether or not he made a, a, a blunder in the dub in the original and they just tweaked it in post, yeah. which they did a lot of on SmackDown. Well, awkwardly, he was uh, still at the train station because he didn't realize the arena had moved. <laughs> <laughs> he popped out for a tab. <laughs> he turned around to go back in. It was already down the road. Excuse me, have you seen the arena? <laughs> you what, mate? The arena. It was just here. The mobile arena. Yep, it's gone. You can see it. <laughs> oh, w- yeah, there it is. Walking off in the distance wearing its lugs. <laughs> Does it walk? No, you said wheels earlier. It has wheels. I picture it having big legs. That could work as or like, well. Or like really muscly legs. <laughs> oh, human legs. No. Muscly human legs uh. on the building. And, and as it walks, like it holds itself up like it's holding up a dress. Like as an old walks. man with his trousers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's doing that. He goes, come on, kegs. He stands up. <laughs> kegs. Oh, jeez. JR says, wow, what an amazing reaction to Edge. It didn't actually sound that loud, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, Waltman takes out Farouk with a kick, in brackets, what else? Mm-hmm. As someone holds a sign that says Christian needs rubber sheets. Oof. Oof. Piss everywhere. <laughs> Albert batters everyone with his massive head until Bradshaw back suplexes him with the power of America. <laughs> Albert recovers to slam Edge, who lands on his feet, ducks a clothesline, and spears Christian. So... Bradshaw big boots Albert because he's the biggest bastard in the USA, allowing Albert to educate Albert with his big DDT. Nice messy stack finish there, typical of this period of uh, tag matches in the WWF. Any thoughts? I enjoyed it. Nice, uh, a nice hot six man to start with. Very reliable people overall. Yep. Um, I think that I, I think that I like Christian's music. I still keep reading in the Observer, people complaining about it, but surely that's the point. 
Yeah. You're not meant to like it. It's heel music. Dave doesn't, no, he doesn't no, always but, get that. But it's not just Dave, it's Brian as well in figure four. Dave doesn't Brian like it. Also doesn't Brian also doesn't get it. And Brian doesn't get it. I'm just, uh, I always find it in, intriguing. Yeah. Like, you played this game for so long. Surely you know when, like, they're getting you. I remember when it was the four-way feud in 2014. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, uh, Cesaro, maybe Del Rio. Maybe it was a fire. It got a bit convoluted. And then, yeah, and then The Miz was in it. And Alvarez was going, ah, this match would be so much better without The Miz. And I'm like, do you not get That's the story. These three lads are really good at the grabs. Miz, not good. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the... That's the story Otherwise, it's just moves. Oh, you guys like just moves for the sake of moves. Right, okay, yeah, you're right. It's crap. Thanks. Jeez. Yeah. Imagine taking the rest in that seriously. That's why it was like, Christ. they're like, wait. And then that obviously Miz retained because they're all too busy battering each other. It's like, that's great. That's a story. It's like, we, I can't believe they did not catch the pigeon this week. <laughs> why does Dick Dastardly never win the wacky race? His plans always fail. <laughs> Wiley Coyote <laughs> should have been able to run through the painted tunnel because Roadrunner did, so why couldn't he? <laughs> this is why this episode only did 500 million viewers. <laughs> Elmer Fudd should have seen Bugs Bunny coming. I tried to warn a brother about this episode. Oh, shut up. <laughs> My Alvarez doesn't sound very good today, I'm sorry. Uh, Shane asks the Alliance backstage, who wants to face Kurt tonight? They all want to see... Sorry, what? No, they all want to. There we go, that's better. So he has everyone write down a name and put it in a box and goes, write down someone else's name who you think should wrestle for the title tonight. This seems like a normal, sensible solution, to be honest with you. Terry holds the box by her lower region. And you know, a few years ago, Lawler would have been yelling about wanting to shove something into Terry's box, which is probably why the cat left him. <laughs> they get around that problem by having not have Jerry Lawler here. <laughs> problem solved. Yeah, it's like more on that later on. Earlier tonight, the Hurricane showed up with his European title and the redone Molly Holly. Helms tries doing a superhero speak, but it's barely legible due to his incredibly strong Southern accent. So I just laughed. Oh, then his nemesis, Coachman, shows up to ask why she, why Molly would leave Spike Dudley. She says Spike is a nice little man, but he was going nowhere. He can't fly. He doesn't have superpowers, and he doesn't even have a cave. <laughs> I mean, if you ignore the implications of whatever was going on in the Hurricane Cave, she's right about everything. Yeah. Helm says that her holly kills are being cleansed, and they head out together with Helms jumping. <laughs> off camera while doing a whoosh sound effect. Great stuff here. Again, if you ignore the implications. Yeah, I mean, it all, like watching the Mighty Molly birth again, it's all really sinister. He, kidna he, he kidnaps an unconscious woman and then she comes back like as a superhero and a bad guy. It's okay. It's like when Patrick, it's like when, when, when Patrick Stewart got kidnapped by the Borg. Yeah. No, but instead of that, it was like, hey, guys, isn't it great? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Pog all jumping up and down. <laughs> yeah. I liked Aussie, like I always said, Patrick Stewart got we kidnapped got by Patrick the Borg. We got Patrick Stewart! Not John Luke Yay! Picard. Not John Luke Picard. <laughs> Patrick Stewart got kidnapped by the Borg. We, guess what, guys? That means we could say we are Patrick Stewart. That's right. Yay, we did it. Woo. It just, do you know what, right? 
if if the superhero performances were just a little darker, this would be an episode of Black Mirror. Mm. It's the whole thing of like a woman being kidnapped, and all of a sudden she's like, "Oh, everything I'd like before, I'm I'm fine with now. I'm a superhero." Like she's like, I hoped. Yeah. I kind of I remember being a youngster at the tender age of seventeen, and thinking like. Maybe there's going to be a story here where, like, Molly tries to fight out of Mighty Molly. Like, oh. a bit like how they did with Alexa Bliss for a little <laughs> while. Like, every so often, oh, yeah, she's that's like, help, I'm trapped in my own mind as this weird fucking superhero. Like, that would have been quite fun. And it would have been, but it would have added to the sinisterness of this. But it was, as you say, just kind of forgotten about. Like, yay, she's a superheroine now. Didn't he? Brainwash her or... Yeah, hang on. Or, like, it? plant something in her head or... She was KO'd. Like, we, uh, uh, it's all a bit Jamestown yeah. for me. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because uh, immediately afterwards, we cut to Big Show and Spike Dudley looking completely bummed out. Oh, my yeah. God. Goodbye, push. Also, LSD... You can't hang out with Molly anymore. Gorgeous Molly Holly. But don't worry, the Big Show's your best mate. And he's such a good mate. He's gotten you his own Big Show singlet. And good God, is it hilariously bad. Bloody hell. Someone has a sign that says LSD, the little show. As Heyman suggests Spike enter the bikini, <laughs> bikini contest later on. And as if that wasn't bad enough for him. He already looks like shit. Heyman's mocking him. His, his lass has left him for a, <laughs> for a superhero. Don't worry, lads. He got he teamed up with big shows like against uh, Hurricane and Mike Awesome. Oh, I had no God. idea until this match. We had Spike Dudley versus Mike Awesome in WWF. Oh hell yeah! Oh, multi sign Hurricane sign in the crowd as he is catching on quick. Oh, big style. Hurricane distracts Spike by pointing at his lass and then giving him a big neck break. <laughs> Look at what you could have won. No, Kane, wrong show. <laughs> Sadly, the added crowd's SFX is horribly obvious. It's the same, ooh, every time there's a big bump. Mm. Yeah, it's really badly mic'd. So it's the crowd, the, 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 the crowd are too busy feeling motion sickness from moving down the road <laughs> to cheer and boo. <laughs> Mike yells at Spike and tells him he hates him. Not a lot of ECW fans in the building, sadly. Awesome misses an awesome splash, and then Big Show gets the big fat tag. <laughs> Hurricane has to save him with the chokeslam attempt. Crowd love that. Molly's crossbody can't stop Big Show. Well, by God, what can? <laughs> Mike's top rope shoulder block does. And a slam on Spike merits no reaction, with Mike getting pushed into the top rope so he can crotch Helms and take a chokeslam before taking an LSD Big Show splash as Helms leaves his once good partner. Heyman as dis yeah, is disgusted at Spike being awesome twice. Yeah. Mike is sadly just a prop now. He was a big deal, but he's not anymore because he's eating too much. Stacker 2, crush your cravings and your legacy. Taz talks to Maven, the winner of Tough Enough, before choking him out and telling him he's resting him on SmackDown. Stacker 2, works on lads who've just started here. <laughs> what did you think of this? If you... It, um. Go watch Mike Orson versus Spike Dudley from ECW. <laughs> That's what they do together. Um, this was just a sad reminder that Mike Awesome in the land of the giants that is the WWF just looks like just the most generic normal person. Mike Normal yeah. here, which is, it's, it's, a, it's a testament to the, the booking of ECW yes. and how it was done, where Mike Awesome looked like, a, looked like a fucking monster in that promotion. And the moment he went anywhere else, just like looked 
tiny. And it's a testament to ECW. I'm sad that Mike's such an afterthought here. I'm sad that Spike Dudley very much seems like an afterthought in what is going to be the rise of the Hurricane and Mighty Molly. Undeniable chemistry, charisma from, from both of these. Uh, and I feel for Spike. I really do. But he, I think there were some points made, like he re- like by Molly, he really wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. I always envisioned him being a great person to chuck into the cruiserweight division, and they'll do it in <laughs> literally. 04. Yeah, literally just hoy him in there. I love the idea. You know, I'm my old fantasy booking days where I'd write in notepads and stuff like that. And I, my old, my weird fetish for 01 for, for for fantasy booking is: can you book 2001 without the invasion, but using just the players that you've got? Mm-hmm. I'm sick of people doing fantasy booking shows where they go, right? I'm going to fantasy book 2001. Oh, but we're going to hire Goldberg, Sting, and Kevin. No, that's cheating. It's that's fucking lazy. No, it's it is a, a fantasy, fantasy. But I enjoy the Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> yeah, real fantasy. But uh, I... Eco, the game people should play. <laughs> I go, I go. Okay, but the, but show you the challenge and the fun of the challenge is going. All right, this is these are the tools that we're working with, like in like in Apollo thirteen. Here's what we've got. We've got to make a breathing tube out of this. Like I liked, <laughs> like I like the idea. Go right. Here's the WWF roster without the alliance and WCW people. Right, make the company good. And I love the idea of them make putting Spike Dudley in like the light heavyweight division and making him like a hardcore light heavyweight. And then uh, the idea of Spike versus Crash, a light heavyweight hardcore match. I just that's just a fun little bit. Mm. You could have some fun with that. Uh, no, let's let's give him a singlet and put him with the Big Show. That's great. That's that's sublime. Yeah, do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, that was the match was fine. The crowd really went into it. Yeah. You could tell it was the heat. The heat machine was ramped up to ten here. Yeah, well, it's hard to have heat when there's a hurricane who is doing a good job so far. God, is he getting over quick? Mm. So uh, we get a look at Snake Stapler. Oh, <laughs> I think <laughs> was that oh. not a character from Diplodos? I. <laughs> That's, don't bring. Oh no! I don't know what you're talking about. Not that it was again. The Diplodos. My my one was. I think I had that on my first Nokia phone. <laughs> I googled him, and he's good at the football. Whatever. I got nothing. Snake Staple was just a football. Yeah. Great name though. Yeah. Speaking of which, here's Maven, the fine young man, as Jr. calls him. <laughs> we used to be cannibal. Yo, you want to be a WF superstar? Big house, five cars, you're in charge. Coming up in the world, don't trust nobody. Got to look over your shoulder constantly. I turned the lyrics <laughs> to Cypress Hill because they don't do anything to make him seem interesting. Reality TV stinks, and like Logan Paul, it's everywhere. <laughs> wow, I, cre- I clearly really enjoyed the highlights of the finale of Tough Enough. Did you Gee. have any? But do you know what? The, the whole Tough Enough thing was so weird because Maven was only really... If you're only watching it via the the recaps on Raw and SmackDown and Heat, like Maven doesn't really feature in it until like the last week or so. Like every like clearly WWF want maybe Chris Nowinski or Josh Matthews to win yeah. the men's one, and Maven kind of comes or there's a few other people that, that leave early. The guy who goes to play the boogeyman, for example, Marty Wright, Marty Wright, Marty Wright. He was in first half, wasn't he? I don't know. I believe he was, and, they, and he lied about his age. So he got booted out. Oh, and then he came back as the, the boogeyman years later. Oh, right, right, right. I seem to remember that was a thing from Tough Enough. That was a thing from Tough Enough, but I just didn't um, know Yeah, so, so, like the, so Maven kind of <laughs> coming <laughs> along. <laughs> Maven coming along near the end seems a weird one. Um, Josh Matthews did a, a shoot video for, uh, for RF at this time and uh, said. Oh, I, I want to see that. Yeah, he said that he and Maven both thought that Chris Nowinski was going to win. 
and nobody really liked Chris. <laughs> Didn't talk when they were outside the training centre. It wasn't massively popular, apparently, but everyone thought he was a shoe-in to win. Um, were any of them liked? That's the no, thing, though. Like, they, they Josh all... Matthews must have his fair share, fair share, whatever, of getting ragged on. Yeah, but, I mean, he, I think he did. I think Josh kind of sort of kept himself to himself a little bit, and um, he ended up doing okay. Obviously, he's ended up doing all right through it. Huh. He's kept his hand, he kept his toe in the water. Follows me on Twitter. He follows me on Twitter. I have no idea why. I've done is take the piss out of him the last 15 years. Oh, well, guy. He might be good for Desert Island Crabs, actually. It'd be quite a nice one. Have a chat with Josh. We always like you, Josh. WrestleMania mm. <laughs> the, the, is fake. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think any of them were truly liked. I They, they would bring, they, they've done the tough enough thing so many times. Uh, and, there, and there have been some success stories through tough enough. Lest we forget, uh, you know, John, Mor- John Morrison. Probably the... the, Wait, the oh, God, he was. He won, yeah, John Hennigan was that's the finalist. All, that doesn't make any sense to me. Bloody hell. But, it, but, like, there have been success stories, but more often than not, it's, it's such a weird show, and it was such a weird show because it was... You either, you either play it completely kayfabe or you completely pull the curtain back. You can't kind of half pull the curtain back. And I feel like they kind of half did because... And, and, and they wanted to give them a rough time, and they did, because they're like, well, look, they're getting a shortcut, so therefore we need to, you know, if, if they're speeding through the process of wrestling, we need to speed them through the process of bullying. So they did a lot of that, and there was... A, a, Taz was a particularly particular a dickhead, particular dickhead during Tough Enough. But he had to be, you know. Yeah, So which led to Maven and Maven's first opponent after winning being Taz. I fell for Maven, because as he walked to the ring... Uh, with an overdub of Ho Shells Around the Stars, which was his theme music. Thank you. Um, he um, he had his he had his like tracky bottoms on, and on commentary they said, "Well, he only won last week. He hasn't got he hasn't had time to get ring gear. <laughs> You've had a week. <laughs> That's loads of time." I think they're trying to yeah. I mean, like you haven't had time. Not trying to show. Not trying to show like oh, you know he's. But you could have uh, made that. There's something I don't know. I'm trying to defend <laughs> yeah. this shit. You're trying to defend it. You're trying to defend it. No, come on. Be nice and tough enough. The show I don't like, <laughs> yeah. Tom. Like, who cares? I just like, oh, he hasn't had time to get his ring gear together. He genuinely didn't think he was going to win. So he, he didn't make any investment in ring attire. And I don't know whether he does for a while. And He certainly does by the Rumble. But as oh, we'll yes. talk about. Yes, he does. Uh, but it's his debut match here. It's Maven versus Taz. I've been trying to look for... Josh Matthews' Twitter, and I can't find it. Oh, he's maybe blocked you. No, no, it's maybe. Oh, maybe he has actually. Yeah, you. good point. He likes me so much. He blocked me, but he still likes me. He was a nice block. Oh. Uh, Josh Matthews is a common name. Kurt explains the stipulations of this match to The Rock backstage and asks if The Rock is okay with that. Rock's like, yeah, but whatever. It's not a grand slam. How about you put your title on the line too to make it the biggest match ever? Right, Kurt? Angle. Is up for it. Mm, that was it, because I jumped the gun a bit earlier. We're talking about it being a unification match. Mm. It's only here that they make it a unification yeah. match. Earlier on, it was just a match against The Rock. Yeah, because Rock's like, huh? It's in it for me. Yeah, it was yeah, just challenging for The Rock's WCW title, and now, now Angle's title's on yeah. the line as well, if that happens next yeah, week. They're both so fiercely competitive, it's like, yeah, put yeah. it on. Oh, yeah, I will. <laughs> right, I will. They're great. It's not like, why would you do that? Because you go, no, lol. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, a, not an idiot. Uh, I've got a written contract, you idiot. Why would you do that? 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Meanwhile, RVD is chosen as the alliance guy uh, to wrestle for the title. Sorry, not sorry. Defend what, the Kurt match. He's facing Kurt, yeah, and if he Kurt. wins, then... Austin gets blah, his blah, title blah. rematch. I like that because that's been a, a nice little build over a couple of weeks where you've seen guys backstage going, "Hey, Rob, thanks for your advice on yeah. you know fishing the other day and yeah. stuff like that." So they've kind of they've they've Rob Van Dam's become the most popular guy in the alliance. Yeah, and they're doing that as Booker and Test are clearly unhappy with this decision. Yeah, of course they are. <laughs> it means they have to wrestle more Undertaker and Kane matches. <laughs> they thought this was their way out. Like, come on, man. RVD heads out for his match right now, and man, are there are a lot of RVD signs in the crowd. Kurt's here, and he is over. Uh, I think the audio is so messed up, I don't know what's real and what's not. <laughs> they have a nice little to and fro, which you don't see very often. Ending with their Kurt, German suplex, RVD. Uh, he's at, I've put him down here, like, hey, you suplexed him viciously, as if to say, you're not going to split me open, Frigger. <laughs> well, anyway, Kurt mocks RVD's taunt on the outside, but this makes RVD mad. He sends Kurt into the ring steps. Following up with a spin kick to the outside... And so Kurt is horizontal on the ring announcer table. And RVD is doing the RVD spin kick up the apron, which he always does. Looks cool. Kurt's head is too close to the announce table. So when he gets kicked, because I took, I go, how do I understand what happens right now? So I had to go back and watch it. His head ricochets back and he busts it, his mouth open on the announce table. Because I think he was meant to kind of, the momentum carry him off the announce table. Right. There's these different ways of doing it. Like you get yeah. hit or you have to do a flip over or again, as you learn, no, no, if your head's too close that way, it's going to jerk down with that and he bashes his mouth. So this results in Kurt uh, standing up, the referee, El Hebner, seeing him and doing the X on the camera. It's like, oh, sure it is. <laughs> uh, RVD tries to pin Kurt and Kurt kicks out, revealing a load of blood coming out of his mouth. Uh, Kurt is pissed and slaps away at RVD with the slaps and punches getting the loudest pops of the night. Uh, as far as the ring, it continues to get covered in claret. RVD takes a German overhead suplex, and then RVD takes his famous stalling DDT cell. 
Uh, Maniacal Kurt lowers the straps and yells at RVD as the crowd appreciates the hell out of this as his mouth continues to bleed everywhere. RVD squeezes out the angle slam but misses a five-star frog splash, allowing Kurt to get the angle slam. One, two. Oh, wait, it's Nit Patrick. What are you doing here? <laughs> he stops the referee's count. RVD throws a kick, which is turned into the angle slam, but then Shane Mack interferes with his trademark. Chair shot the back of the head. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Shane, to help RVD win. The Alliance hold up RVD to celebrate, all except Booker and Test, obviously. So it's Austin versus Kurt on Raw. Heyman is hilarious trying to get JR to chant RVD with him. Uh, good little match between these two superstars. It was a good match. What I liked was, whilst the Alliance held up Rob Van Dam and celebrated how wonderful he was, people were fucking foaming backstage. I believe that. Figure four says, Rob Van Dam is getting a reputation for hurting people, yes, which will come as a surprise to anyone who hasn't watched any of his matches since he debuted. I think he's hurt someone in every single match. Kurt Angle was particularly enraged after their match on SmackDown with the aforementioned twisting leg drop. And uh, then he goes on to say here, I bet Tori and Stacey weren't too happy to go out for their bikini contest, practically naked, rolling around in a mat covered in blood. <laughs> Which is exactly what happened. Yeah, they're, they're very annoyed with him. Back. It's funny because we talked last week about how they put Stephanie in that match with him. And I said, is that like a little thing for Rob to teach Rob to calm the fuck down? Yeah, yeah. If Steph gets hurt, right. you're fucking done. But he's, yeah, he's hurting. He's, he's busting up a lot of people. Yes, he has. I haven't Austin checked the it. baby. Austin the baby? No, that's the wrong one. Uh, he definitely could open Austin on their SmackDown match. Jericho at least once. I'm fairly sure it was, and, and, and do you know what? I'll put my hand up if I'm wrong. I'm sure the reason that Regal had blood in his mouth was from, a, from Van Damme. <laughs> Surprise me. I'm sure. I, again, I'll put my hands up if I'm wrong. I didn't check that one. That's bad journalism on my part. But he is getting a rep. His yeah. style really stands out in WWF at this point as being very loose, very loosey-goosey, very, uh, very, you know, very aggressive at the same time as well. Like, and I don't know how much of that is this thing where we've talked about it, how the, the style of the WWF really sort of clashes with sort of ECW and WCW guys' style. And there is something to be said for they don't know it, the WWF way. I know we always sort of balk at a term like that when CM Punk was sent to um, Florida to learn the WWE yeah. way and we all balked at it. But you know what? Going back and watching like this era of wrestling, there's something to be said for it. Yeah. Because at least once every WCW guy is sort of mistimed a spot with a WWF guy. I'm not saying the WWF guy is to blame, but there's been a spot mistimed. Maybe there is a, a disconnect. Feed! Come on! <laughs> yeah, feed! Fuck me off! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> but Van Damme not, not, um, not making many friends backstage, despite the fact that he yeah. is one of the most popular guys in the company right now. Yep. Such is life. Such is life. Ah, so two good wrestlers there. Here's another good little wrestler, Wee Fat Taz. <laughs> Presented by Don't Smoke. <coughs> Don't uh, Smoke. Just as Tom laughs, as, as, sorry, as Tom coughs his lungs out. Can I, uh, I think I know what the joke's going to be. Don't Smoke, Mummy Returns, and Clearasil. The government advises you to not smoke, drink Clearasil, or watch <laughs> The Mummy Returns. <laughs> I thought you were going to go, the government advises you not to smoke because it'll, it'll stunt, stunt your, your growth. growth. That's another good one, I realise. Oh, Taz is going to Don't worry, there's plenty more to come. Maven is here with a staggering amount of fake crowd noise. Oh my God, it sounds shit. I've typed. And they, they've got they rid even of his... tried to be funny there. It sounds shit. They've got rid of his theme song. Yeah. 
By Post shall around the stars. That doesn't. I wanna have the ride. I wanna feel the night around the stars. That one, I really likes it, and it's not on the network. You cowards! You cowards! Give me some ho shell, you cowards! I was too busy to be distracted and flawed and shell shock because Paul Heyman claimed Taz is five foot eight. There's no way he's bigger than me. Please don't let this be a thing. After I've done nothing but ragging him for being small and round. He's not 5'8", is he? Is he really? Maven gets attacked and beat up by Hell's Bin Man before... Hell's Bin Man! Before Maven slaps him and lands his sweet drop kick twice. Wow, I'm surprised Taz isn't dead. Taz easily escapes Maven's sleeper hold and then smashes him a bit before making him tap the Taz mission. A fair amount of Maven signs in the crowd, though, so that's nice. Taz helps him up afterwards and lets him get a nice pop, which does sound genuine, before clotheslining him down and grinning. Good start for Maven. Uh, there was a bit of burial on Coventry of Taz when Paul Heyman's putting over Taz, saying, like, this guy, a multi-time hardcore champion, a former ECW yeah. world champion. And they go, yeah, well, he's in the big leagues now uh... against Maven. <laughs> Like Taz is like, well, you're in there with a WWE purebred star now in Maven. <laughs> yeah. Those little accolades don't matter anymore. Get on with it, Maven. Yeah, this is Maven just getting a shoe in. Welcome to the company. I, I mean, I get it, but I also don't. It's a, such a catch-22. You've, you've got this guy over through a reality show, and this is his first match, and it's just a battering. I kind of get in the, in the the long and tall order of things that that has stop, to happen. Stop saying tall and order. Come on, man. Oh, Leave sorry. Taz alone for three seconds, for God's sake. In the short and order of Five things. Five foot eight, Taz. In the, in the short and tall order of things. Um, I get it. Like, you know, he's got to lose uh, back to the queue. Could you not have given him a win in his first match? No. No, no. No, that, 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 no. that would be ridiculous, Tom. Just, be, just the, be, even if he beat Taz's first match. Like, no. The trade, just, I just, I don't he know. He just you, started a week ago and he's beaten people. At the, no, that'd be stupid. It's going to be a clean win. Like, the, the shoddiest win imaginable. No, that would be shit. I just feel like him... What are you talking about? I feel like him losing to the trainer. Is, is it because, a, are you trying to like curry favour with Josh Matthews? <laughs> no, no, not at all. I think maybe you remember the, the Taz you remember, much ever. Do you remember The Voice? Do you remember the TV show The Voice? <laughs> Which one? The first, Hello. The first, <laughs> the first season of The Voice. Go on. First season of The Voice here in the UK. And the, so basically, you, if you don't know the concept of The Voice, it's four judges and the person sings. You can't see who they are. And then if you like how they sound, you press a button and your chair turns around. And then you see them. You go, hey, we've got them. The whole, the comedy, you know, the, the, the aspect of it being, what a beautiful voice. I'll turn around. Whoa, they're not, they're not mainstream attractive. What a dilemma. I think that's what they were going for. But anyway. I hate first that. I hate it. The first season of The Voice was the winner of that first season had a single release that got to number 47 in the charts. It just tanked. But the top, the number one song that week was fucking Will I Am and Danny from the script. The two judges from The Voice, they did a duet called Hall of Fame. That was number one instead. So the winners of The Voice were two of the fucking judges. I was just like, that's a, what a shower of shit. What, you, you tell me the people on the, the Voice weren't doing it for the love of music? No, they were doing it because Will I Am and the script had a, had a single coming out. And they, of course they did. And they won the whole thing. Like, no, that just seems wrong. Are you ready to for Taz's single? This, 
<laughs> this felt like this. Taz winning felt like Danny and it Danny and Will from the singers. <laughs> I don't know. So, so are you? So, in terms of how Maven was booked, are you like? No, I'm not saying in an argumentative way. Are you? Did you think that was the right way yeah. to book Maven? Fair enough. If they presented him on the right TV, hi, I've never wrestled. Uh, wrestling's fake, whatever. You know, my balls fell out. Good snap, all that stuff. Of course, he's going to come on TV and lose his first fight. Because then people get excited to see him win. If he came on TV and won, it's like, yeah, it's here for me. People go, like, what the fuck you? Oh, that's fair. When the mobile center stops off at the next one, <laughs> you can get the mega bus back to wherever the fuck you came from. Paul. That's fair. Go I back, guess back to Tough Enough Houses, live there, I guess. I guess it's like, who's the guy that won the last season they did a Tough Enough? Exactly. It was exactly, yeah, exactly. But he turned up on Raw after winning Tough Enough. Like, hey, I'm the new star of Raw. I seem to remember he ate a stunner and then just went to Florida Championship Wrestling, and then we never Didn't saw Didn't he tweet? Didn't he, like, uh, someone get released? Did they? Who was it? Someone got released and says, oh, I guess there wasn't, they weren't ready for Raw or whatever. Whatever, it's boring. Who oh, we weren't ready for Asuka. Yeah, I'm trying to think who it was. Was it him that did that? I think, uh, you know what, I, I really don't care. Um, Kurt is shown bleeding backstage. He doesn't care about Austin. He won the medal. With a broken freaking neck. Yeah, there it is. And he vows to make sure Austin's expectation will be his last. Anger was real. Oh, I said, oh, that's nice. Oh, wait, no, it isn't. Anger was, Anger was genuinely pissed at this point because he was still angry yeah. about being busted open by Rob Van Damme. Yeah, but so all that vitriol you heard was, was a genuinely angry Kurt Angle. But pissed up bleeding Kurt is cool. He's cool, isn't he? Sorry. He's cool. It's a bikini contest later on, so Tori shows off her bikini to Tajiri. He grins like Mr. Fuji after feeding a wrestler his own dog. <laughs> Anyway, here's Kane without his brother. Oh, Yay! Oh, but he's still got God. that other handicap of his arm still being bandaged. Here's Booker back with the WCW tag title around his waist like it's 1996. Oh. Watch out for giant haystacks, pal. <laughs> but no Stevie Ray in sight, sadly. Oh. Kane batters Booker, even busting out a leg drop because this is 2001 Kane, and he rules. Mm. JR and Heyman use this match to hype up Raw, which is a shame for both the guys in the ring. But I think they won out of this typically dead crowd. Sorry, atypically dead crowd. Booker counters Kane's flying clothesline with an axe kick in a cool moment. This drags on, though, with Kane on offense. But even though he's on one of the best runs, he's still getting little reaction right now. I think the crowd is still recovering from finding out Taz may be bigger than me. <laughs> After a giant slam and top row flying clothesline, Kane chases Booker outside, allowing Tess to land. The big boot, a.k.a. the move of 01. Booker lands a scissor kick to end it. TNT kicked down Kane for a bit until Undertaker's useless brother <laughs> runs out to end more... No, Kane is... Oh, whatever, fuck that up. Runs out to end more WWE careers. Also, they keep cutting to a camera on the outside that hasn't been white balanced, which is amateur level stuff. <laughs> Did you notice that? I didn't notice that, to be it honest. It was really noticeable to me. Like, hang on, they're not white balanced? Oh, jeez. That's bad. I mean, the fact that we've only noticed it, we've been doing this show for so long, and then this is the first time we've noticed it, feels like it was probably just a, a, a one-off error. Yeah, of course. From another wise. Yeah, yeah, no, this, this episode, they haven't got a good crowd, and they haven't white balanced, They're, and the arena's on legs. They don't care. They can white balance? We're in a fucking moving arena. We can barely balance. Am I right, kids? This was fine. It's Caden Booker T, wasn't it? It was yeah. fine. Just like, Beefy boys. Booker's now very much part of the WWF machine. Yep. I think in matches like this, you realize, actually, now he's, he's clicked now. Yep. And, and, and I hope there's bigger things for him to come. And thankfully, there, there is. There's some not so big things, but some other big things. Yep. He kind of does all right. 
<sighs> DDP and his face are here. Oh, this is great. He's looking at himself and smiling. Have you done your yoga today? I have, and you should feel good about yourself. My friend Tony had a cat that ran outside and got <laughs> run over by a car and died. But that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing because his wife was allergic to cats. <laughs> Stairs. <laughs> That's the segment. It's great. I love how these may be ribbing DDP with these long takes, but they are fucking amazing. And also DDP yoga rules. The monitor bit was excellent. So like you see him smiling and then you pan out. Oh, it's the monitor. <laughs> I want them to do the next one where they pad out and then it's another monitor. And, it's another monitor, and then yes. it's another monitor. And then it's another, and all of a sudden it becomes that Game Grumps video where they go, our house in the middle ah, of our house. Ah, our house. I know what you mean. Yeah. Did I ever tell you I played that on Radio Newcastle? <laughs> Did you? We were playing our house. I've played Alex the thing before. She knows what it is. Yeah, I've, played yeah. it, I've played it before. And then I just queued it up. So just as our house, our playlist was played, was finishing. I just, without saying a word, just swapped it. So it just became that bit. And I just thought, I'm going to leave it for as long as possible. And, uh, and Alex, I was, I was working on the show the other day. Alex was in, was in the other room. And I think maybe about 35, 40 seconds of it. And she comes in and she goes, stop it. I know what you're doing. Stop it. And I'm just laughing, going, I'll go in a minute. And then I waited for like four, five, six texts to come in going, I think there's something wrong with your radio station. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just went, our house. And just carried on. <laughs> Didn't reference it. Just, uh, that's it. We're out. We're done. I like that. Bless you. I love with radio when you dick about people. <laughs> and without really making too much of a fuss, you just do it. You just do it. Tom McMahon over here. My I love messing with people. There's a great bit. He is. And it I, turns I, me on. Yeah, it really does. It really does. I really like doing it when you can. I, I'll, I'll pass on this little bit of radio knowledge to the future of radio as well. Uh, in the song uh, by In Excess, Need You Tonight, I need you tonight, you hear my sleeping. At the end, it goes, I've got to let you know. One of my kind. If you want to freak people out, you get to that. I got to let you know. Pause. And you go. Oh, it's this is Noah. No, no, no. You go. You go, this, You can't be. I could do that. And then what you do is you you get it ready to play, and you go. Oh, he normally sings, but you want a my kind. Oh, I've ruined it. <laughs> You know, I'm, you must have some Meltzer and Brian types going, why would the songs be longer with <laughs> the laws? He messed with the songs. In fact, there I'm must not. be something wrong with the radio. Next time I'm on, I'm going to do that and no one's going to stop me. What are you going to do? Fire me! I'm already fired! Yeah. <laughs> Fire me! I'm already fired! <sighs> Lillian backstage asks if the, uh, the Dudley Boys and crew, if Bubba is okay with having Nick Patrick as a partner. And they're all like, duh. He's better than half the WWE wrestlers, and he's massive. He is massive. He yeah. is the tallest ref. Yeah, he's awesome. As we've heard on the, on the mailbag. Yes. The Dudleys are happy to have the return of Austin on Raw, and they are hyping this episode hard now. Uh, the commentary are doing it, now the wrestlers backstage are doing it. Uh, Regal says the same, but reminds the Alliance that they will not be allowed at ringside, and anyone associated with them will be barred. Or banned, maybe a barred. Yeah, banned and barred, whatever. So, no WWE people. Mm. Mm. Okay. Alliance cleared from the ringside area. Uh -huh. So no one from the Alliance can be there. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't know at the time what this was setting up. I didn't know, but I'm uh, still fucking angry about it. More on that later on. Oh. Then we get Coachman running through the bikini contest, which takes a while and is a bikini contest. Also, hilariously, we get an overdub of whatever music they used here as they've subbed in Sonny's... No, I know you want me! No, I think they used Sonny, I know you want they me. They really did? Yeah. That's got to be a rib. No, I, th- I mean, very well might be. Oh, they've, the fucking world. I'm sure they've used Sonny's I Know You Want Me for scenes like this before, post-Sonny. No, they definitely used it before. With two blondes? Yeah. That seems... Yeah. Like... Yeah. Oh, they've definitely then. used I Know You Want Me without Sonny being there before. Shocking, though. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. Crowd declares the winner. Blah, blah, blah. Cat fight in blood, like the start of Blade 2. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Dejiri chases Stacey away. Were they running out of time or TV time, I should say, or something? Weird usage of this house show stuff on an episode of SmackDown. Yeah, it's a strange one. A bit of random titillation between Tori and Stacey. Obviously, Tori, Tori is... is she, she's still technically alliance, but she's dating a WWF guy. Oh, it's like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Because I hope they both die. <laughs> they both die at the end. Yeah, this was what it was. It was a bikini contest between Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler. Hot-blooded yep. men did not have an issue with this. <laughs> it's a bit of banter. Bit Main of banter, event. mate. <laughs> Twiggy's watching it. This is cinema. <laughs> Twiggy with a cigarette on the go. Oh, cinema. Yeah, I love wrestling. Yeah. Main event is next, but... Kurt versus Austin on Raw. For love of God, watch it, please. <laughs> oh, they really are hammering it, aren't they? Yes, and Heyman is funny doing the Subway advert saying, The Alliance presents Subway. Oh, fabulous. So this is the multi-man main event. The Dudleys, uh, The Rock, Jericho, and the referees. dun 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 Mike Patrick. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I genuinely thought you were doing it, Patrick, because uh, you love a good anti-joke. Uh, the Duds, Refs, and Jericho come out, but then Rock comes out, and bloody hell, the pop is real. That's a real pop. We finally figured out who the crowd paid real money to see. <laughs> My God, obviously. There hasn't been much explained in terms of why the refs are here. Jericho starts off with Devon, then Rock tags in, and the difference in volume is alarming. Mm. We've had like five of these types of matches in the last two months. It's all well done, but all a bit samey. Nick Patrick tags in to kick away on Jericho. Bloody hell, Booker's a tag guy, and now Nick Patrick's wrestling Jericho. It really is, WCW 1996. Yeah, we're back, baby! Nick prevents Mike from making a hot tag. Crowd does not care about the refs. We want the fucking rock. The rock finally gets the hot tag to take apart the crowd and his opponents. <laughs> Jericho takes out Devon, which leaves Nick Patrick versus the rock. Finally. <laughs> it's the match we're all here for. Nick runs away. So Earl fucking Hebner throws him into the ring for Mike Chioda to tag in and get a legit rock-sized pop. Ha ha ha. Nick gets his shirt ripped, so Bubba killdozes Chioda. <laughs> Lovely spear by Chioda oh, beforehand yeah. there. Chioda does a good spear. Oh, who knew? Who knew? Bama Chioda, that's who. <laughs> Leaving Jericho to take out Bubba and Rock to rock bottom Nick Patrick. Lions out to Nick Patrick, followed by Mike going for the pin, but The Rock stops him and demands he hits 
the people's elbow. Rock's really good here. Uh, oh, he's so good. Bullying the audience. Yeah, oh, signposting exactly what they need, what he needs. No, no, no. Talky, talky, talky. Touches elbow, yeah. swipes hands left to right. Everyone knows what The Rock yep. is asking of him, and they're immediately into it. Even Kyoda. Solid movie actor, The Rock. Yes. Kyoda's yeah. people's elbow. Like he's, he's, and also, what a worker. He's holding his injury at the same yep. time. As he's looking up to the crowd, like about yeah. to do a thing, bounces off the ropes, gets some decent height on that elbow as well. Yeah. Lovely people's elbow by Mike Kyoda. Mike Kyoda nails the people's elbow. One, two, three, he wins. And they play the Rocks theme. Bunch of bullshit, if you ask me. Ah, <laughs> yeah, where was Kyoda's theme? Dun, 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 dun. Mike Kyoda. Where was his theme, damn it? Yeah. Does uh, Kyoda do a podcast now? What do you want me to find out? We should. I just hang on, man. I'm, I'm trying to do Josh Matthews Twitter request. <laughs> Look, Mike Kyoda, if you want a theme song for your podcast, if you're a new theme song, right? I'll give him a nice clean version. You can just cut this out for your podcast. Ready? Two. Three, I know four. you want me. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, Tom. Sorry. No, we gotta do this clean for Kyoda's podcast. Two, three, four. Dun 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 dun. Mike Kyoda. There you go. You're welcome to that. Cut that out. Jobs are good and voiceovers yeah. as well as a podcast. F fucking multitasking. I can't mate. believe you're talking about another show or something else to be doing right now. You're rather like everybody else in this bloody episode of SmackDown right now because all they did during this in the last half an hour of the show was go, watch Raw, watch Raw, watch Raw. I've never seen an episode of SmackDown tap out so quickly. It's so funny. I mean, we've had that over a couple of years and we'll have it for a little while longer where there are certain weeks where SmackDown does just feel like a bit of a runoff for Raw and just like a little, like you know, a... To a uh, a status quo keeper for Raw. But then next year, when the brands divide up, we mm. get our own shit every week, yep. which is quite interesting. Yep. But yes. So I thought you were going to like have some news tidbit or say like, oh, it's because this it's the premiere or TNN of something on it's, Raw I think it's whatever, I think it's more the fact that, that Raw ratings in general, um, as I've looked at them, they've, they've not been, they've been all right. They've not been great. Mm. Basically, you had this big lift when the Alliance thing started and it's yeah. just sort of trickled back down again. So I don't think it's a network premiere. I don't think it's a season beginning. I think it's just the fact they want to just do something that punctuates a big episode of Raw. Right. It gets a push, pops a big buy rate. They want to get some things in place before No Mercy, which is a couple of weeks away. Um, I will do some digging when we're next, before when we're next together and just see why this particular episode of Raw is so heavily pushed. There might be another reason to it, like why they were so keen to make the switch happen, you know, why they didn't just wait till No Mercy, yeah. why they're doing it now. I will do some digging. I will do some, I'll do, I'll do some, some research. I can't want to see what you've dug up. What do you think of this Raw pre-show? <laughs> it was all right. It wasn't the best episode of SmackDown that we've ever seen. Uh, it was all right. I thought Kurt Angle versus Van Damme was very good. Uh, I think that was my match of the night, to be honest. Angle, yeah. Van Damme. Hardest uh, worker of the night was, was RVD, sorry, Kurt Angle's mouth <laughs> and the guy who presses the button for fake crowd noise. <laughs> yeah. Loser of the night is the guy who didn't put the white balance in on the camera. Who do you think you Sack are? Sack him. Sack him right off. Uh, the, the the subtle rise of the hurricane and Marty Bolly is a so fascinating piece you of business. Remembered? Um, no, from what I remembered from this episode, I remember Kyoto doing the people's elbow. <laughs> I really did. I remember Kyoto doing the people's elbow. I'm thinking that's cool. I quite liked it sometimes. They put non-wrestling people in wrestling things. I liked it. That's what I remembered. The Kyoto people's elbow. I remember Taz beating Maven and being so happy. 
<laughs> like, Taz Wood. I'm like, it's a guy who hasn't wrestled before. Doesn't matter. Taz Wood. Taz did the thing. What did you forget? That they did Mike Awesome versus Spike at ECW. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like... Uh, I forgot the, uh, the, the the potentially dark backstory to Mighty Molly. Oh, yeah. Uh, as, 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 you know, her molecules have been corrected. That sounds like you've, you've you know, hypnotized her or something or done something awful. Put a chip in her head. I don't know. There's a darkness there that I'm scared to delve Wait, into. Wait, look, it's, the, it's, a, it's a important question. Whoosh! <laughs> It's a scary time. Um, we're back in a couple of weeks. Uh, apologies for like the, the inconsistent nature of the SmackDown review. There's a few other things going on behind the curtain. Nothing bad, I promise. But we're back in a couple of weeks. And then next time you hear from us, it's back to business as normal. It's week to week yeah. to week to week to week to week. To week I have to off. apologize. We're really sorry. We're really sorry. I know it's really important to get this really mid episode. <laughs> <laughs> we have to get this mid SmackDown into your ears yeah. before it's too late. If you're watching a very mid episode of Dynamite, this this week going, oh, luckily SmackDown 01 can say, ah, oh. nah, SmackDown's mid as well. It's I, mid all the way down. I should start labeling them with colors. So like, you Ooh. know, which one's, this is a hot episode. This is a mid episode. This is a cold episode. This one's brown because Twiggy's in it. <laughs> For God's sake. And it's on that bombshell. He's at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we're at Gold Olive on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Dun, 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 Noah! Noah, chance. That Taz is 5'8". That joke bombed at Carholic Live. I'm so happy you did. I'm devastated. Because it's become an Andy joke now. So it's like... No, I'll do the joke. I'll do the joke. And I guess Tom was expecting people to go, do it, do it. But I'd seen beforehand when he said, who watches the watch along? And one fucking bastard hands <laughs> one up. I'm like, well, Tom's going to really adapt his performance tonight. He's like, no, he's no, not. No. Just yelling to her breast to no reaction. I went, please, Tom, do, do everything. I'm doing exactly as do it was. Every joke, the last I felt like Ricky Gervais at Live Aid going, <laughs> I won't. No, I'm not going to do the dance. <laughs> Thank you. Love you. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 